Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Our parent church, HOF, has been having a theme. I'm sure some of us may know the theme, but uh, they have a theme for the year 2022, and the theme is God at work. Am I correct? Is that right? God at work. And of course, the Gap Church, we kind of just flow into that theme, uh, but I wanted to just touch on it a little bit, just because, you know, I think it's amazing how the spirit works. I didn't even know Reagan was going to be singing, great God, uh, or singing how great, how, I didn't, bro, I didn't even know, man, you know, but the reality is that God is still at work because he's great. It doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter coronavirus. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are around. God is still at work. And, you know, um, there's a song that I listen to that says he's still moving even in the silence. And the reason why this, this theme is powerful is because it just reminds us that it doesn't matter what we think. It doesn't matter what society looks like. It doesn't matter what social media is telling us. It doesn't matter how we feel. God is still at work. God is still at work. The scripture reminds us that if, if, if the lilies, if the animals have something to eat each day, bruh, that is, that is just proof that God is still at work. <laughs> If there's gas in your tank, that shows that God is still at work. Because some of you be pushing it. I be pushing it too. <laughs> and I believe that God is, God is not just at work, but he's, he's at work in us, through us, and around us. In us, through us, and around us. Can we say that? In us, through us, and around us. And I love how uh, Lolade who gave an amazing word to start off the year, she kind of basically touched on the fact that God is at work through us. She preached on stand in the gap. Of course, the gap church here, we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. And we have to understand that we are called to fill the gap. So God wants to work through us. He wants to work through us in our workplaces. He wants to work through us in our classes. He wants to work through us within the church. Wherever we are, God is trying to work through us. We are vessels. So in order for God to still be at work, trust me, we have to be ready. We have to be willing to stand in the gap. Right? So I'm going to, you know, I just said, let me just touch on these things. I'm going to probably talk about God pretty much working in us. And I want us to open the scripture to 1 Samuel chapter 1. 1 Samuel chapter 1. By the way, my name is Dara Potusin. Um, I'm here on the Word team. Welcome to the Gap Church, whether you're watching online or in person. If this is your first time here, what's good? Welcome, 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 welcome. Um, we're super glad that you guys came here. I see some new faces, so we're going to point y'all out at the end. <laughs> um, I have the amazing privilege of just um, sharing a word today, and I do not take it for granted. I truly only rely on God, and that is it. So I believe that uh, every time I'm preaching, I'm like, God, I don't know what I'm about to talk about. It's you. It's your children. He knows what you guys need. So this is what you guys need. <laughs> so let's read the scripture. Are we there? We're going to read 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 1 to 7. Y'all there? Okay, cool. I'm reading from NKJV. NKJV. It says, now there was a certain man of the, wow, that's a word. <laughs> Tongue twister. 
There was a certain man of the Ramathim, Zophim, of the mountains of Ephraim, and his name was Elkanah, the son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, and the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth and Ephraimite. And he had two wives. The name of one was Hannah, and the name of the other, Penina. Penina had children, but Hannah had no children. Verse 3. This man went up from his city yearly to worship and sacrifice to the Lord of hosts in Shiloh. Also the two sons of Eli, Hophni and Phinehas, the priests of the Lord, were there. Verse 4. And whenever the time came for a double portion, or whenever the time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina and his wife and to all of her sons and daughters. But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah, although the Lord had closed her womb. Verse 6, and the arrival also provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. Verse 7, so it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she was provoked. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Bless the reading of the word of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we just say thank you for this opportunity, God, to gather here in a building, Lord. We thank you, God, for the opportunity to be in freedom, God. There's some places that cannot gather in your name, Lord. We say thank you, God, for what you're already doing. We just pray, Lord, that you open the hearts of everyone in here, including mine. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, as these words go through, they will not just be words of me, but it will be words of you, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, as they touch the hearts, God, I pray, Lord, they shall be upon the hearts and go deep into the hearts, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, for those that are coming here with some things, some need, Heavenly Father, God. We pray, Heavenly Father, God, reveal to them something, God. Answer that prayer, Lord. We just pray, Heavenly Father, God, even for those that are watching online, God, that as they hear this word, God, they will be such as well. In my name, just we pray. Amen. So if you're taking notes, the title of my message is A Disconnected Heart. A Disconnected Heart. Everybody say that? Disconnected Heart. A Disconnected Heart. So I'm going to tell you guys a little story about me. I don't really, I got a lot of stories, guys. I may, I may, be, I may be boring, but I got stories, you know. Um, so a lot of people know I played basketball. A lot of people know I played soccer, but a lot of people don't know I ran track. <laughs> I ran track at one point. And the reason why people don't realize I ran track, because I think my career was maybe like a semester. It was that bad. <laughs> it was that bad. Um, but here's the thing. I think I ran track. Maybe this was like what? Maybe ninth, ninth grade, eighth grade, ninth grade. Uh, but here's the reason why I ran track, guys. If, if anyone knows how schools are, you know that the, the sport, the way the sports work, you know, if you play basketball, yeah, you go to other schools. Unless you're really on the bench, that's the only way you can really, like, talk to people. But, you know, I wasn't on, be I wasn't on the bench. You know, I started, so, you know. <laughs> but so I realized that track, track meets, guys, track meets are lit because, you know, you have your events, then you have a whole bunch of time to, like, socialize, you know, you know, chill out, talk to people from other schools, and then you can now run. So me, I was like, bro, you know, the girls will be there, you know, and so I'm just like, I can probably spit some game a little bit, you know, and then run my race and they can see me win and then we can just, you know, chat it up, you know. So that's the only reason why I joined the track team. <laughs> not gonna lie. <laughs> but it was so funny because I joined the track meet not even because I wanted to run, just because I liked the, the social aspects of it. And I remember, this is how funny it was, guys. This is how bad it was. This is how much I did not care about track. I remember our first meet. So my events were 400, um, uh, the, the hurdle, the, uh, I think the 400 hurdles as well. And then I did like the 200. And I remember my first meet, uh, they were like, hey, David, you should run the 800. 
I was like, bro, it's a practice meet. It is what it is, bro. It's cool. Kid you not, guys. I'm running the first leg. So the way schools are built usually is like when you're running around the track, there's like, you know how there's like a fence around the track? And like there's exit points. So as I'm running in the meet, I literally <laughs> out the exit. I didn't finish the race. I just, I said, bro, this is too much. I can't do this. <laughs> this is, <too> <laughs> I was like, <sighs> I was like, yeah, this is too much. I just went, I just went right out. <laughs> Bro, and the thing about it was like, what I started to realize, this is the reason why my, my track career just, just died, is I realized that I was built to run. I had all the, 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 I had the length, I had everything to do hurdles, everything like that, but my heart was not in it. I had everything working for me. People actually did not make the team because of me, but my heart was not in it. My heart was not in it. So every time something would come up, if it was stressing me, I was just, I'd be like, oh, sorry, bro. It's all right. And it got to the point where I just did not, I just stopped going to meets. Stopped going to meets. Coach was like, hey, what, what's happening? Man, you know, African parents, you know, just, just, uh, sorry, mom, you know, blame some things on you. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I was skilled for it, but my heart was not in it. And I feel like a lot of us can relate to that, where we've been in a place where, we're doing something, whether it's a job, the money's really good, but our heart's not in it. Or maybe, I, I know a lot of people who've been here, you're in school, you're studying something, and you start to realize, like, do I really like this? You know? And you're like, man, maybe I should change my major, you know? Um, but the thing is that the more you continue to do something that your heart is not connected to, the more it starts to hurt you. You start growing resent resentment for it because you're just like, Man, like every single thing that can that can go wrong will go wrong, but and the benefits will never out like outweigh the negatives. And you know, when I was reading the story of Hannah, because a lot of people always you know try to spin it in a way that's like, and this is the normal way to spin it. You know, Hannah goes to Sheol, she prays, she cries out, and she receives her blessing. And you know, oh, Elkanah's bad. You know, how could he say these things to her? But the more I, I read, I spoke to people about it, the more, the more it just came out that Hannah was disconnected from God. Hannah's heart was disconnected from God. That sounds crazy. Hannah's heart was disconnected from God. And I, and I want us to just read part of the scripture because here's the thing. I want you to realize this. In, in back then, if you are childless, for some people it is a curse. It is considered a curse upon you. People will laugh at you. People will believe that God has cursed you. For women, they don't even want to be seen in public if they do not have a child. For some people, they are cast out because it's like, how can you not? For some, it's so bad, but some people will be like, that's all you're supposed to do. And you can't even do that? And so imagine Hannah would have to go through every single year going through this heart, you know, these, these, these insults, people looking at her. And the worst part is that she had a direct comparison person. So imagine being at home where maybe a guest will come into the house and will say, oh, Elkanah, how are you doing? Benign, oh my gosh, little Elkanah, little Elkanah Jr. or whatever. And then they see Hannah in the corner like, oh, she's still here? She's still here? You still have her around? Imagine the toll that can put on a woman could put on someone every single day being compared and being looked at for something that you are naturally supposed to do. 
it is not funny. And so we see that Elkanah, her husband, they will always go to Shiloh. If you don't know what Shiloh is, Shiloh is where they would keep the Ark of the Covenant, which is considered God's presence. So God's presence in a nice little or nice, you know, big carriage thing. They would put it there. And so they would go there to offer sacrifices and offerings. And I want us to look at uh, verse 6 again. It says, And her rival also provoked, provoked her severely to make her miserable because the Lord had closed her womb. So it was year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord that she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. I want to stop there because I read so many translations. And it's crazy because I, I'm just going to, based off of what the word says, I feel and I, I believe from reading this that torments her in the place of her breakthrough. The place where she could have her answer handed to her is where she would torment her. And when I started to read that, I was just like, wow, you know, even in Good News, in Good News Translation, it says, this, it says it, that Penina, her rival, will torment and humiliate her because the Lord had kept her. This went, verse 7, this went on year after year whenever they went to the house of the Lord. That's in Good News Translation. Whenever they went to the house of the Lord. And what I started to realize is that every time Hannah was at the moment of her breakthrough, she was distracted. Every time she was at the moment of her breakthrough, she was focused on something else. She was focused on something else. Her heart was disconnected from what God wanted to do. And many of us are like that. We come here day in, day out, every Sunday, and we're worried about something else. We've been praying for so many things. You would think that someone who goes through that much torment would be so focused on getting her miracle. What does that tell us? That you, us, we could be so focused. We could be so much in dire need. But every time we're in the place of God, we could literally be distracted. We could be disconnected. And, and what are the problems with the disconnected heart? What, what can a disconnected heart do? Number one, when there is disconnection from God, there's disconnection from good. When there is disconnection from God, there is disconnection from good. You see, I've been in seasons where, and, and like I said, it's just amazing how even in worship we're addressing this, that there could be so much good happening in your life, but because that one thing hasn't been answered, everything is not working. Everything is not working. And, and to take it further, when you're disconnected from God, you may not even know that he's actually working on it. So imagine if you're disconnected from God, you don't even realize that he's working on it. So it could be the little things, you being alive. It can be you getting acceptance into a, into a university, getting a new job. None of that matters if your healing is not there. But God is making ways for you constantly. But here's the thing. When you're so disconnected from what God is doing in your life and from him, you start to think that everything is bad. You see, in, in 1 Samuel, verses 4, it says, And whenever time came for Elkanah to make an offering, he would give portions to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters. And verse 5 says, But to Hannah he would give a double portion, for he loved Hannah. 
So here's the thing, in the midst of love, Elkanah would prove that he loved Hannah more. Yes, this wife has children, this wife has given me all these children, but here's the thing, I love you more. In the midst of love, she couldn't even see it. There's some woman during that time that because of their, their barrenness, their husband would put them to the streets, their husband would beat them, who knows what their husbands would do, but yet, even in her barrenness, her husband would still accept her. He would love on her. He would offer her double sacrifices, double offerings. Hey, take this, I love you more. He would affirm her. But it's so hard to see the good when you're so focused on the bad. You see, we despise what God is doing sometimes because of what our peers are doing as well. I can imagine Hannah not just being compared to Penina, but also looking at other people, other mothers around. And Hannah's concern, you see, sometimes we, we cannot assume that Hannah was very spiritual. We cannot assume these things. We're just going based off of reading the word. But here's my thing. I can imagine because of how the times were, there's embarrassment that comes with it. So here's the thing. The social outlook on Hannah is so much that it can torment her mind. And here's the thing, she may not even want a baby just, just for, the, for the feeling of it. She may want a baby for, the, for just to prove the point. <laughs> that may check some of us. Some of us are praying for things that's not even for God, for the glory. It's just to prove a point in society. She may have just wanted the baby so panatic to shut up. <laughs> She doesn't even know that if, if, even if she had one, Panada could have continued. Well, I have four, I have five. She doesn't know that. But sometimes when we're so disconnected, we just want all these things for the wrong reasons. Number two, a disconnected heart can disconnect you from your assignments. I believe that Everyone has purpose. Everyone's always asking, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? God, what am I supposed to do? That is probably the most prayed prayer for a lot of us. God, what is my purpose? What is my purpose? What am I supposed to do on this earth? I believe Hannah had purpose. Hannah had purpose. Hannah has purpose. But sometimes we think that our assignment, our purpose can be so big. It can be little. It can be little. I, when I was reading this scripture, I was just thinking to myself that what if Hannah's assignment was to love Elkanah and Penina regardless of her situation? That sounds kind of backwards to some of us. What? Love the person that is talking about us? To show love to the person that is doing all these things towards us? What if that was her assignment? What if her assignment was to just, to just love on her family? Love on them regardless of the situation. Because that enough is an offering to God. God, despite what, you, what, what hasn't been happening, God, I've been loving them. I've been taking care of our kids, God. See what I'm doing. But nothing was happening. And sometimes when nothing is happening in our life and we're so disconnected, we're, we're so disconnected from the assignment that God has placed within us. <laughs> we're so focused on getting money, but what if God wants us to just serve a little bit? We're so focused on getting that next job, getting that next gig, getting that next follow, going viral on TikTok. 
We want the easy way out. But what if God is saying that, hey, maybe you should just intern for free for this content creator. Some of us are like, oh, bro, please. I ain't about to do none of that for clout. What do you think this is, bro? <laughs> Some of us, we, we come into the house of God and we're, we're just thinking that, oh, you know, I, I, just can't, I just can't, God, heal me, do this, do this, do this, all these things. God, please, you haven't asked my brother, you haven't? And God is just saying that, please, join this department. Serve me. I want to see what, I, I, I want you to serve me in your pain. Serve me in your pain. Serve me when everyone's looking down on you. <laughs> serve me in the midst of your storm. Number three, a disconnected heart can cloud you from praying and also praying the will of God. A disconnected heart can cloud you from praying and even praying the will of God. This one is so deep. <laughs> this one is very deep because the thing is that if you are not connected to God, you are not connected to the will that he has for you. So some of us come in to the presence of God to pray, whether at home or our secret place, whatever it is, we come and we're praying for things that are so irrelevant to the will of God. We're praying about so many other things. Everything's important, trust me, God hears you, it's great, but it's the will of God. <laughs> God hears all your cries. The Holy Spirit hears you. But his job is to help you to align those things to the will of God. So if you keep on praying things that have no alignment to the will of God, what is the Holy Spirit going to do? If you're so disconnected from God, how are you even connected to the Holy Spirit? This one that you're speaking in tongues. <laughs> Bro. <coughs> we're so disconnected sometimes that when it comes to praying, we're praying about things that concern comparison, things that concern our enemies, things that compare, God, give me the job. But it's not the will of God. Why do we keep thinking that we can, we can make God pray out of the will that he has for, or answer prayer that is out of the will for us? You can only pray for God to, to take a step within his will. That's it. <laughs> you're, praying for this, you're praying for this high job, but God is not trying to, uh -uh, start here. You're not here yet, start here. But the reason why we're praying is that all of our friends are getting good jobs. All of our friends are doing vacations to Cabo. We wanna, we wanna fund our own vacations. We're so worried about other people. We're so worried about what other people are doing that our prayers start to turn into, God, let me be this. Shame my haters. Shame my haters. <laughs> Trust me, if you walk in the will of God, your haters will be shamed. <laughs> you don't need to pray for your haters to be shamed. If you're walking in the will of God, trust me, they will be shamed. <laughs> and, and I remember this time, because there's this, there's this time, I've been through this, guys. I've been through this, because I want you to realize that, you know, in the time of need, when you're so just because I just had a thought, guys. Mind me, because this is, this is actually real. I need you guys to know this. Here's the thing. One thing I was reading the Bible about too is that Hannah 
it wasn't like she would go through this every time, guys. Shiloh, she'd be, she'd be provoked, embarrassed by Penina or whatever. But the reality is this as well. It only states in the scripture that what was different this time is that she went to go pray. She wants, let me find it, guys. Man, it, said, it says here in, it's in 1 Samuel. There we go. Cool. I think it's 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel 9. Now, this is not in the New King James Version. This is the Good News Translation. And there's other translations I will back this up. It says this. So I'll start from 8. It says, her husband Elkanah would ask her, Hannah, why are you crying? Why won't you eat? Are you always, why are you always so sad? Don't I mean more to you than 10 sons? In verse 9, it says this. One time, one time after they finished their meal in the house of the Lord, and Shiloh, Hannah got up one time. One time. So the Bible was recounting many years of what the norm was. But then it says, one time after they had finished their meal in the house of the Lord, Hannah got up. She was deeply distressed and she cried bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. One time. One time. I want you guys to understand this. One time. Do you know how disconnected you have to be? Think about that. Do you know how disconnected you have to be for you to go through that torment every single year in the house of the Lord? And one time is when you clock it. Ooh, maybe I need to pray about this. That smells like disconnection. That smells like disconnection, guys. And my thing is that some of us, we're like that. <coughs> It just takes one time. God has been waiting. And, the, and the, the funny thing is that the one time, she was fed up. That's why she just said, God, please give me a son. I'll give him back to you. She had enough of it. She had enough of it. But I don't believe it has to take all that for us. I don't believe it has to take all that because I believe that we are people that are connecting the gap church, right? And I just want to bring this home because I remember there was a time in my life that I was literally in this position because... This is when I was in Tulsa, and I remember when I, I went to Tulsa, I was just like, man, I want to be the best drummer in the world. I want to be, like, on all these stages. So I remember the biggest church that was the closest to my, to my school is where I went to. And I remember, like, maybe, like, my friend brought me in. Maybe, like, three weeks into it, I, I had an audition. I made the band, of course. Kidding. 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 <laughs> Humble. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> so I made the band, and... I was all stoked because I was like, bro, there was a lot of people there. At that time, there was about like 500 youth. And I knew that if you were killing it in the youth church, you were now going to be able to go into the main building. And they had like almost like 4,000, 5,000 people that would worship there. So I was like, all right, bet. Bet, 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 bet. And so I remember I would always come. And immediately I got humbled because they're like, hey, um, yeah, we'll put you on the schedule at some point. Um, but can you serve like somewhere like within the lobby? And I was just like, bro, lobby, do I look like a lobby guy? I don't look like a lobby guy, guys. Do I look like a doorbell guy? Come on. So I was serving there, and, you know, week after week, week after week after week, I would go, and I wouldn't get scheduled. I would continue. I, I had an upgrade, guys. I, I made it from the lobby guys to the DJ guys, so, you know, I'll give you that. I, I became the DJ guy. But... 
after that, I remember I started going to the main church and a lot of my friends went to the main church and, you know, I remember every single Sunday, guys, I would fall asleep. I would fall asleep in service, be knocked out, like dazed. And I just remember that there was a point that, you know, I was just there and I was just thinking to myself, like, why am I here? Mind you, a year had passed by. I was still doing DJ. DJ guy, David DJ, you know. Bro, I was heavy on the, heavy on the tunes. Andy Minio, KB. I knew all the remixes, bro. Bro, I knew all of them. So I was like, hey, I got some new fire for y'all kids. Bang, you know. And a year passed. Let me say, I got scheduled once, once. And they're like, oh, you're so good. And at this time, guys, I ended up auditioning for the main church too. Made the band. Made it. So I was just there, and I remember it wasn't until, you know, some stuff happened. You know, there was some, some slight drama. Some people were talking about me. And I left the church, which I don't advise. I don't advise you leave a church, you know, if people are talking about you. It's between you and God, you know. That was just me being immature, and I did that. And I just told myself, you know, let me just take some time off and just reevaluate my life. And I started to realize that, man, I was only there for the platform. My relationship was screwed up with God. I was just there for clout with friends because we'd always go, and I was broke too, guys. So imagine we always used to go out to eat after service, and I was just like, ooh, again. <sighs> so, you know, my wallet was, was going down, and I already was having a terrible relationship with God, and I was in, 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 this, in, this, in this mode where I was so far away from Christ, even though I was serving, but it's just because all I wanted was a platform. I wasn't praying like that, and I was so disconnected from God. And I remember that time, what I started to, to, to intentionally do is that I backed away. I started doing online church, Bedtime Baptist. If you're still doing Bedtime Baptist, come on, guys, wake up. You know, the church is open, guys. No shade. But, you know, I was doing Bedtime Baptist, and I would watch some churches, and during that time, I would be more my word. And I just started to realize that, man, I'm really, really far. I'm so far. I'm so far. I'm allowing so many things to happen in my life. I'm not praying as much. And during that time, I started to just pray more to God, started to talk to him more. And I started to see a shift happen because little did I know that the next season of my life would be filling a gap somewhere else, somewhere else that did not look as big as the church, somewhere else that wasn't as impactful as the church, was not, didn't have that many followers as that church. And it's crazy because I went there and it was as if God had set a place for me there. I went there and they said, oh yeah, we don't really have that many drummers, you know, you can just come through. And here's a test. God tested me, because here's the thing, just because you're disconnecting and then you connect back to God doesn't mean everything's gonna start working in your, in your favor. There was a test that came with it. They said, oh, before you join the team, you have to like go through eight weeks of a class, eight weeks of a worship class. And I was like, bro, what? At this time, I didn't have a car. I was broke. So I was Ubering every single week. $30 back and forth, $60 total every single Thursday. And you know what's crazy, guys? I only played once. Once before I had to go back home. Once. But little did I know that that little sacrifice and me passing that test with God would open up a brand new door because what I thought was little began to grow. And before I knew it, I was playing in front of 4,000 people. But the difference between the person that came the first time trying to play in front of 4,000 people and now the person actually playing in front of 4,000 people was that the heart was different. 
I was connected now. I was connected now. And the people that, you know, shame my haters, I didn't have to pray about them. Because there's a the thing. You have to realize that sometimes your haters are going to be the same people that come back to you and say, man, bro, you are on fire. God is, God is, God is doing some wonders in you, man. But we have to be connected. We have to be connected. And I see a lot of us like Hannah. We go to church. We cry over and over and over. It's okay. God hears you. We think God isn't moving. And in the year that we're saying that, God is still at work. Trust me. There's evidences all around us. From your friends to your family. The fact that people are doing things around you is an evidence of God reminding you that, hey, I'm still, I'm still moving. Trust me, it's coming for you. Just be ready. Be connected to me. And I want you guys to know that God hasn't forgotten any of us. You know, check your hearts. Check your intentions. Check your why. Why are you praying the praise that you pray? You know, do not make your why an idol. Don't make the situation you're in an idol because that is a way of disconnecting from God. Hannah would go to the house of the Lord and her shame, her embarrassment became her idol in the midst of her breakthrough, in the middle of where she could have been having her breakthrough. So I just want us to bow our heads and I want us to just pray this prayer right now. God, I want to be connected. If, if you feel like you're not as connected as before, God, I want to reconnect with you, God. I want to reconnect. God, I want to reconnect. If you feel like you and God are just a little bit out of place, you're not too connected to God, reconnect us. Lord, I want to be reconnected to you, God. I want to be closer to you than before, Heavenly Father, God. I don't want to just do things for the platform. I don't want to just do things, God, for clout. I don't want to just do things for just a, a time just so people can see that I'm doing well, God. Lord, I want to be in your will. I want to be connected to you, Heavenly Father, God. I want to be connected to you, Heavenly Father. I want to be connected to you, Heavenly Father. And while our heads are still bowed, at this time I want to make a call for those who want to give their life to Christ. I'm going to keep saying this. We are still in the first month of the year, guys. So this is a moment where you can start afresh. This is a moment where you can really take that time to really reconnect with God and say, God, I want to walk with you. I want to walk with you. I want to take step by step with you, Heavenly Father. So that's you. I'm going to count from five because I believe that there's some people here, whether it's your first time, whether you're worshiping online, whether you've been going here over and over. Some of us need to be reconnected with God and some of us need to have a real connection, a new connection with God. Some of us need to be connected to God because here's the thing, we've been saying this, we need to know God for ourselves. Your choice can change the generations after you. Your choice can change your family's direction. Your choice can, can, can change everything. It just starts with a yes. So if that is you, five, I want you to just raise your hand, four, because this is the moment that all week you've been wondering, why have I been feeling this way? It's just for this, three, for you to be back in connection with God, for you to be in connection with God. Two, God is waiting for you to join his family. He wants to take care of you. One, if that is you, I want you to raise your hands right now. If that is you, you want to be in connection with God. I want you to be bold with it, guys. Raise that hand up. If that is you, 
if that is you, I want you to now stand up and come to the altar. Be bold, guys. You have to understand, you cannot really go the, far, the farthest way. You cannot really be in connection if you do not take boldness, take bold steps. So if that is you, I want you to come here to this altar. And, and I want you to just say this prayer as you're here. Just say this prayer as you're here. Because we're starting off this year being connected to God. God is at work. Let us not be blind to what he's doing around us, in us, and through us. So say this prayer, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Help me to know you better. As I accept you today, take over my heart and dwell in me. Forgive me of my old ways and help me to change to the person you want me to be. I love you, Lord, and I proclaim that you are my God in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to pray for you guys. Heavenly Father God, your children here, they want a relationship. They want to be connected to you. They want to be reconnected to you, Heavenly Father God. Oh, Lord, I just pray, Heavenly Father God, that in this moment, Lord, you see their hearts. You see their hearts' posture. Heavenly Father God, I pray that you honor that posture, God. Lord, just like Hannah would come into your presence year after year after year, worried about what Penina was saying, worried about what the world said. Heavenly Father God, we see some souls here that are bold, Heavenly Father God. They don't care what the world has to say, God. So we pray that you honor their boldness, God. You honor their boldness, Heavenly Father. And I pray, Lord, that you begin to work in them, God. You be begin to work through them, God. I, 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 I decree, God, that you begin to work around them, Heavenly Father, God, within their friend groups, God, within their family, Heavenly Father, God, within their jobs, within their schools, God. I pray, Lord, that you shine a light upon them and let people know, God, that truly they are yours, God. We thank you, God, for this word, God, and we pray, Lord, even all of us here in the Gap Church, we will be connected to you, God. We will not be waiting for a handout. We will not be waiting for a last-minute miracle, God. We will be connected and know that you are at work. We say thank you, Father God. In the mind of Jesus, we pray. Can we just clap right now for God and clap for these people here? She's going to hand you a card right now, Jemima. And as we transition, I just want you guys to know that continue to be connected to what God is doing, not just in you, but through you and around you. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.